0: Uh. <clears throat> Cheese was off the table So you know it's serious Alright
1: Hello oh, I'm Sorry Sorry right. Start it. again <laughs> 3 2 Cue in <laughs> Sorry that's a creepy joke
2: Hey everyone Gotcha
1: Progressive Rugby League.
2: Hey everyone! Progressive Rugby League time yet again, but you knew that because you pressed play on the podcast. This is The Slug, and joining me once again for this special grand final slash qualifiers edition is big al hey big al
0: hey thanks for having me i'm so excited here we are in the uh, the post season
2: i suppose well you know what we're at your house so thanks for having me <laughs> big al oh, you're welcome anytime and jono what's cracking oh
1: plenty and yeah. we're about to talk about it but it's a pleasure to be here hi guys hi, hi. everyone hi hey hey, hey. how you good doing good.
2: fellas well let's ask straight away were you happy with that grand final
0: well, I mean, I'm gonna. As part of my reflection this week, I'm gonna talk about the grand final. Um, and I'd like to park what happened on the field, and I don't really want to talk about that right now. I want to talk about the the effect I think the the uh, Roosters' win has on the game. Right. Which is basically zero. <laughs> really? Why? Like, it, it, I'm really upset that I, I think any other team winning, any other team, any of the other. Uh, 15, 15. Fifteen other teams that we have winning would have meant something. Roosters winning means absolutely
2: nothing. You weren't affected by anybody. You weren't affected by the news reports of people like shopkeepers putting all their jerseys up, and you know barbers getting excited. I, I made snipping motions <laughs> with my fingers but that, which no, that, that, that. that That happens when
0: any team is, is like is doing well. The local businesses in like the, the you know I'm using air quotes heartland, um, you know put their flags up and everything. But the Roosters is a team. Um, yeah, they're, they're, I know everyone says they've got like a renter crowd and everyone, the, the famous joke is their crowds are poor which is not true because their average crowd they've got uh, I think above average crowds historically, I'm not talking about that I'm just talking about uh, a team that generates uh, more interest in the game would have been better and I'm going to say that any other team would have generated more interest in the game or if not, would have at least been furthering the rugby league cause so had Melbourne won That would have really, like, continued that uh, Melbourne Storm dominance in Victoria and that the Storm need to be winning to have relevance in Victoria. Mm. I feel the Roosters winning. No one's going to care about that. It's not going to bring in new fans and it's just...
2: mm.
1: Interesting. So, you're saying there's a lack of a halo effect from the Roosters winning. Like, whereas if... If, like, a team who hasn't won for 40 or 50 years, that brings a halo effect, a real feel-good factor yeah, to the game. Yeah,
0: I, I say, look at... Cronulla's a great example. Sure. Look at 50 years. Mm. They had not won a thing, and they did. And Cronulla's an immensely popular team now. They brought in... The ticket sales for that for that, that grand final were, you know... It was, it was a full house, an easy full house. Um, everybody wanted to be there. It was a big celebration. The Roosters, they're a tough sell. They don't have... They have fans, but they don't have avid fans I suppose it's it's not no one's passionate about the Roosters sorry not many people not as many people are passionate about the Roosters as they are about a lot of other teams but are you holding that against the Roosters? oh my god yes <laughs> why? oh it's too okay come on well, alright, hang on
2: hang on if there's if there's
0: a platform I was about to say we should talk about this another time but no we should talk Now's about this the right now We've got a microphone Okay. Right there so one of my big problems with the roosters is I feel that the the rise and rise and now dominance of AFL in the eastern suburbs of Sydney lies solely at the feet the feet of the roosters because they have content because they have not needed to engage their community they could right. rely on um, the politest empire to fund their their setup they had they failed to engage their community they', they failed to they hadn't they didn't care about being seen in a favorable light they didn't care about being seen as Something to be to aspire to. So Wait, they are you talking about juniors? They don't have any juniors. Yeah, that's I'm, about, I'm not talking about players. They, the, right. the, the team itself has failed to be part of that eastern suburbs community. So right. instead, they've you know they've brought in players that potentially weren't best character wise. They've um, you know players that would you know go and do dumb stuff at the Clavelli Hotel. Players that, that would not really engage fans. And the Swans have come in and they've done the complete opposite. They've, you know, instituted their quote, their again, air quotes, no dickhead policy, the Bloods philosophy, whatever it is, and they portray themselves, whether it's whether they practice it in real life or not, they portray themselves in that community as an upstanding, you know, shining light examples of a fine young men. And that they that team is now fully established in the the money power hub of Sydney. Right. The Roosters, they don't have any fans in the east of Sydney. They have fans. They've got fans all over the place, I'm not denying that. They have no fans in their actual Heartland, that Dun 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 East Heartland, <laughs> and because of that, the game suffers,
2: and it's their fault. Where are you getting? Where, wow. where are you? Uh, like, have you done some sort of street search? People, 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 people <laughs> say. All right.
0: Some people say.
2: <laughs>
0: I think you've. All right, right. Look. Okay. Yes. I'll, I'll admit it's not backed up with any kind of any kind of scientific analysis.
1: Sure.
0: It's all gut feel. Okay. We've well, got every right to. <laughs> but feel. I, I'll, I'll tell you this. I was at the Cronulla Melbourne Grand Final. And when, the, when the, the siren had gone Canelo had won um, And they were doing the, the trophy presentation yeah. I think 60% of the crowd was still there Celebrating that win Wanting to see like, I- Enjoying the moment yeah. Yesterday, Yesterday's grand final The stadium 85% of the stadium left As soon as the siren went Nobody stuck around to see any of that stuff Because There was no actual like, fans there like, No one that, that really cared if the Roosters won They wanted to go and see the game Which is great but they didn't really care if the Roosters had won or not.
1: I think, uh, look, take your points. There's, there's a few good points in there, but I think you're holding up the Roosters to an unfair standard, a standard that you're not holding up to the rest of the Sydney clubs. It's, uh, the Roosters actually have you know, a decent, a decent uh, gathering, a smattering of fans around Sydney, and they do have fans in the eastern suburbs. <laughs> I used to live in the eastern suburbs, and there are plenty of eastern suburbs fans or Roosters fans in the eastern suburbs. Yes, they've suffered. You make a good point about perhaps relying on the politest empire all that sort of thing. But really, I think the main issue with the Sharks when they won was they hadn't won ever. So, yeah. of course, there was a huge upswell. The Roosters won a few years ago, so there's not that like huge, bah, epic, emotional uh, thing, which happened, I think, when uh, in the early 2000s when they beat the, the Warriors. I remember there was a yeah. huge... Upswell because I hadn't run, won for a while before that. So are uh, you saying you need more than five years? Yeah, I between think so.
2: premierships to refill the tank for enthusiasm. I think so. Like, <laughs> I, I would that's... say
0: if you went down, just go down the, the ladder and look at every any other team and think would it be would it be better for the game if that team had won? And, I, and I've done that. I've looked at every other team, even, even mm-hmm. like. Melbourne winning, as I said before, would have been good because it, it keeps the storm strong, which is... And also, would have been a great window for them knowing that the AFL tro- trophy has left Melbourne. Yeah. They could have come into town as the victorious... Sure. Uh, ...Victorian team. Yeah, that's but true. any other team, and I'm talking, you know, even, like, teams like the Broncos would have been better. Like, imagine if the Warriors had won. Like, even Canberra, Man- Manly, somebody else. It would have been so good. Roosters <laughs> does nothing. Roosters is Dud. I'm putting a
1: line through it. Wow. Well, well I, yeah, I think... Uh, you make a decent point, but only because they've been successful and there's not that sort of uh, halo factor because everyone's sort of used to Rooster's success. If they hadn't won for 40 years, it would have been a totally different story. So I don't agree
0: with that either because if Cronulla had won, it still would have been just as popular. They disagree. won two years ago.
2: I think what Big Al's suggesting there is that next season, yeah. you start a handicap system where the points, <laughs> the teams that would... Benefit the game more to win. Start off on more points. Than-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perhaps. But I mean, the, the, the reality is, some teams have more fans than others. That's the same in every single sport, every single competition.
0: But, but my point is, the Roosters have less fans purely because they hadn't. They've never cared before.
1: But uh, they've always had. They've, they've never been a team with the most fans in the competition. That historically, they've always been a sort of middling team in terms of popularity. I've actually got here an article from Roy Morgan. Um, talking about, you know, the popularity of NRL teams. Yep. And you'd be interested to know that in terms of Sydney teams, the Broncos are the most popular team in, in Australia. And Roy Morgan do 50,000 yep. interviews of the year. And over the course of the year, they work out who's the most popular team. Uh, Broncos, the top, Storm, followed by Cowboys. So obviously these one-town teams, mm-hmm. they are very popular across the country. The most popular team in Sydney is the Tigers. You'll be happy to know that. Oh, look at that smile. Oh, you, just, <laughs> you, can't, you can't give it on face. Parramatta, South Canterbury, and then the Roosters are sort of in the middle there somewhere. So they've they've never been in historically a popular, an overly popular club. But can okay, can but I
2: that's, can I also throw into that probably uh, socioeconomic factors? Sure, oh. like there's a lot of wealthy people in that area. Mm. And rugby league's traditionally a working class game, so... This is why
0: the failure sits directly on on the feet of the Roosters, because it's up to them to show those people, (laughs) those, those, we'll call them the elites that rugby league's not a, like a stuck at, not a working class game they have the opportunity to show them how like what we all talk about every week how progressive and how forward thinking it is but instead they spent the last 50 years acting like morons at the Clavelli hotel right and and that's what you get it's just how it is
1: yeah, once again it's pretty harsh i mean look at the last five <laughs> five or six years since trent robinson came to the helm he's he's run a pretty tight ship they've been you know very disciplined they come across very well he's a very well spoken guy they had Sunnyvale Williams which is a great success for two years they won a competition uh now they've got Cooper Cronk who's obviously an ornament to the game and looking at at uh, that team there's, a, there's plenty of people who I think Trent Robinson and the crew at the Roosters have made into better people I'll look at someone like Latrell Mitchell who I think is turning into a a, a good young man he started off rough around the edges but He's coming through. He looked like the mature one in his battle against Will Chambers yesterday. Uh, so, I, I, I have to disagree with that. Okay. Yeah, well, <laughs> it was a fair bit of niggle there.
2: Yeah.
0: All right, so perhaps, perhaps what, I'll, what I'll say is this then. This premiership only counts as something worthwhile if in 10 years... The Roosters are the dominant team in the east, of, the east of Sydney.
2: You want lessons to be learned,
1: don't
0: <laughs> I you? Do. I do. I, it's fine. You're right. So what, those points you made were, were correct. They've actually got a relatively... Um, a team of oh, like I don't know, nice guys or whatever. Like a, te- a likeable team. Likeable players, likeable players in that team. And a good team culture. Trent Robertson's a very good example of uh, how a professional sportsman should mm. present oneself. Um, but so... And it, it's it's a, it's, like it's a slow bake, right? So you, you yeah. can't suddenly be the most popular team and you can't suddenly have everyone per- perceive you differently. So this premiership then has to be the, the, the anchor yeah. that, that the, the, the team uses to build out that, that culture um, throughout the East of Sydney and win back over those lost fans.
2: Well, okay. Before we move on from the East, East's <laughs> dissection, <dire> <laughs> well, don't you think it's progressive? The fact that... The Easts have, or Sydney sorry I should say, have bought themselves two premierships essentially, but not through like necessarily buying the best player just because they're the best player on the field. They've bought two players to change, to assert culture off the field that Sonny mm. Bill Williams, he was bought so that everyone, everyone sort of followed him. Peppermint tea and stretching in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Got behind him. They want a premiership. Cooper Cronk. Everyone's right behind his professionalism, Mm. his uh, his his way of thinking, and they just want a premiership. So. So clearly they're thinking off the field as much as on the field with a purchase, marquee purchases. Yeah, so they're
0: thinking off the field in just terms strictly of team culture. Right. You need to think in terms of community culture and how how others perceive you. And I don't think that the community in the East perceive the Roosters the way they should be perceived to be like an aspirational team.
2: Well, send your CV through. (laughs) Director of football, director of culture. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) director of culture in the Eastern (laughs) side.
1: Uh, Yeah, look, to finish off this little thread, I agree there's no great halo from an Eastern Suburbs or Sydney Roosters victory from the NRL, but that's a, a factor that's reflective of their success over the last 10 or 15 years. Everyone's kind of used to it. And I don't think we can blame them for being successful mm. and therefore for it not being exciting but for you, the rest of us. No,
0: you can blame them for being successful. but for Being successful is great, but you've got to turn it into something. They haven't turned it into anything.
1: But any team that has been dominant, it, it gets a bit samey. It's the same if you look at the English Premier League when Manchester United were winning every year. It got a bit samey. People got a bit bored. Uh, same as when Hawthorne in the AFL won you know, three years in a row and that got a bit boring. So it's, it's the same sort of thing. If the Roosters start losing,
0: then they'll get even less people interested in them. Yeah. So it, it, like, that means a continuous successful Roosters is capped at having what we'll call this 30% hysteria around the team.
1: I mean once again it's not their fault I mean but it is surely it is their fault but but in every club competition in the world there are teams with great followings and there are teams with okay followings it's just the way it is I mean I'm sure they're trying to expand but it's
0: not like they can't have a great following there's a lot of people Sydney's a pretty big place
1: it is, but they, they're based in the eastern suburbs, always have been. They've tried, they've tried to expand. But, but
0: my point, I, but the point I'm I, I trying to a home here is, yes, they're based in the eastern suburbs, but I don't, they, they don't care about the eastern suburbs.
1: But that's based on nothing. Like, that's a... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to know facts I, I, I mean, I, I did live there for a couple of years. Oh, they, they had a decent presence. They had coasters in pubs. You know, that's pretty good, right? right. They had, had, like, those posters around the lampshades. Around. And, <laughs> let me ask you this,
2: though. Like, do you want Blake Ferguson going to schools? Oh, yeah. <laughs> do, you want, do you want to I want, I there want, telling
1: kids how I want, I want <laughs> Cooper Crump to go to schools. I want, yeah, I want Luke Keery yeah, to, yeah. to go to schools. I, I, I'd like, I want James Sadesco to go to let's schools. Hope, let's
2: hope that this rant, coupled with the fact that most of the people left yeah. the grand final rather than revelling in the uh, victory, is the kick they need to... To um, get a, I guess a bit more Kind of Positivity going out there
1: To win Big Al's heart Yeah this, this time next year Who knows We might be Listening to Big Al Just swoon Over the roosters
0: Never Never <laughs> I, I just And it's again yeah. It's not the I just find That they haven't done enough
2: That's Chill That's that's my issue with it Alright Is that your reflection? That was long Yes, yeah, so I, <laughs> I guess so Ed, Edit that down <laughs>
1: No uh, Jono Yes, well, my reflection also relates to the grand final. But obviously, on grand final weekend, on a weekend such as this, like the grand final in the Southern Hemisphere, the final week of the qualifiers in the northern Hemisphere, the kudos and the salutations go to the winners. And the Roosters are one of those. Maybe not from Big Al, but generally, (laughs) the salutations go to the winners. But in Progressive Rugby League land, one of our mottos, one of our many mottos, is winning is secondary. Mm. I secondary. <laughs> Damn <Sunday>. you! <laughs> in that spirit, I want to give a bit of love to the vanquished over yeah. the weekend. So, yeah. I want to talk a bit firstly about the Melbourne Storm, then I'll go a bit about the Northern Hemisphere in the qualifiers So, the Melbourne Storm look, there's not a lot, a lot of love for the Melbourne Storm in this room, in Sydney, yeah. uh, besides in, in the Melbourne area. And um, with good cause. <laughs> <laughs> I'd call it grudging respect at best. Mm-hmm. But I want to give a bit of love to the Melbourne Storm. They have been an incredible example of an expansion club and set the standard for rugby league teams that should aspire to, who are trying to get into, let's say, the English Super League or to try to get into the NRL.
2: I don't think anyone's got a problem with that aspect of it. It's just the... Personnel they have on hand.
1: <laughs> well, I they're mean, doing it. Well, I'm defending, I'm giving a bit of love to the Storm because we haven't given that much. And they're the vanquished, and winning is secondary. And not only have they been a fantastic example of what an expansion club could be, but they have incredible respect in Melbourne. If you go to Melbourne, spend a bit of time in Melbourne over the last couple of years, no one really cares about rugby league. But when rugby league comes up, there is so much respect for Bellamy, Smith. Slater and Cronk when he was and there Molly and Molly Meldrum and Molly Meldrum. so that's yeah, great
0: apparently now as well
1: hey. right okay and mm-hmm. and they the Melbourne Storm have brought new fans to rugby league which is all you can ask for from a, an expansion team so love to Melbourne unlucky I also want to go out there and, and talk about our great friends Toulouse Olympic mm. uh, over the weekend unfortunately they didn't make it uh, to the million pound game and mm look, it was an upsetting period. But, once again, winning is secondary. It's only one part of the, you know, winning's important, obviously, but it's not the be-all and end-all for us here. So, I want to give a bit of a salute to toulouse Uh Obviously, we haven't been able to watch much of their uh, football this year, but from what we've seen, it's been splendid. They play, happy. they have their own uh, distinct attacking flair and style of play, which not many teams have. And for a team in the second division to have that, that sort of play and try to hits your wagon to attack and enterprise is something that should really be applauded, and it's brought so much joy to us here in Progressive Rugby League that I want to applaud our friends at Toulouse Olympic. Yeah. So, well, well, on that's actually. Yes. Yes. yeah. well done, Toulouse Olympique. So, winning is secondary. Obviously, like I said before, winning is important, but there are other elements that we value also, just as high as winning games of football. So I also, in this context, want to uh, mention our progressive pillar number two which is what do you stand for off the field uh so in this context i want to mention the ken stevens medal winner ryan james who won the ken stevens medal for those who don't know is about community service and the work that players do for community service so he's won the award because he's done the most for communities this year so he's done a lot of work with the starlight foundation a lot of work in indigenous communities a lot of work with schools and so we at progressive rugby league with winning being secondary, we should put um, a medal like that up on the same level as a premiership victory. And so I want to applaud the Roosters for winning the premiership, but at the same time... You nearly made him do it. You nearly made Big Al
2: do it. I want to
1: applaud the the Roosters for winning the premiership, but I also, on the same level, want to applaud Ryan James, because for us they similar accomplishments. Yeah. Am I right?
0: Before, no, we, start, before a... we start clapping, I just want to go on record of saying I'm applauding only for Ryan James. Okay. <laughs> All
1: right, ready? We well done, mate. On <laughs> <laughs> you, Ryan.
0: Um, and I, every, everything you said about Melbourne, I agree. The game needs a strong Melbourne. Yeah,
1: um, great. So good for them. That's my reflection. Well, it leads into mine. Will there
2: be a strong Melbourne with no Cameron Smith and Billy Slater?
1: Good question. I mean, you, you can't continue to marvel about what Craig Bellamy can do as a coach. I mean, yes, sometimes it's not the most attractive brand of football to watch. Sometimes it is. Yeah. But you've got to think about what he's achieved over the last 15 years. They started with the big four, Inglis, Smith, Cronk, Slater, and plus like a whole team that was above the salary cap. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So they won premierships and got them stripped and you thought, okay, they're going to lose players. How can they continue? They had a big three. They continue to be dominant. Then they had a big two. They still made the grand final. Yep. Um, so who knows? big one still might. Uh, they still might be able uh, uh,
0: to Mel- Melbourne has this. Uh, well, me. I don't know if it's Melbourne the collective or if it's just the Bellamy factor. But like we've all seen it. They've got a, a great history of taking a player. And Cooper Cronk's the best example, actually. So they were losing. I think it was Matt Orford. Was, the, mm, was Yeah. The old, the, the star halfback that they'd lost. Yeah. And everyone was expecting, oh, who's Melbourne going to go out and buy And Bellamy was like, no, no, we've got this. We've got Cooper Cronk. Who was not a halfback junior? He was a guy that they were like, "When we're, we're turning you into a halfback," mm. and they did. Well, where did he play?
1: He was well, like a utility. Yeah, he was. He was just,
0: wasn't. He wasn't a specialist halfback. Wow. And Bellamy got him and turned him into the best half, one of the best halfbacks of the you know modern era. Wow. wow. Melbourne okay. can do that sort of stuff, so I think Melbourne already they already know what they're doing. So, and you can see it. It's 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 Munster. It's it's Brodie Croft. It's um.
1: Jerome Hughes, yeah,
0: and like it's, it's still a, a work in progress, and it's very, especially in the case of Monster, very rough around the edges. <laughs> wow, <Yeah. laughs> but they know what they're doing, and I don't. Yeah. I think yeah, okay, we'll, Melbourne will lose the like Melbourne have just been at the top of the top, like the team to beat for the last ten years. Hmm. They might not always be the team to beat after this, but they'll still always be up there. They yeah. know they're, 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 it's not like they're not doing it bulldog style which is you know pay everybody really like uh, back end contracts for immediate success now and damn damn the, the, the future mm. they everything's done for a reason it's all very meticulous right i don't think there'll be any problems
2: well smith did hint at possibly
1: retiring he didn't definitely say he was playing on he, he did although in the press conference after the game he it sounded to me like he wants to play on yeah. and he, he needs to nut out a a contract yeah i i got a feeling that he wants to be paid some big bickies. A lot of money. (laughs) Which is (laughs) fair enough. yeah. But I'm not sure Melbourne necessarily want to go that far, so it's going to be interesting. That's corporate rugby league, though, isn't (laughs) it? Sort of pushing
2: your negotiation stance in a post-match interview. He's he's Uh, masterful. (laughs) Um, Look, I could talk about Cooper Cronk having a a broken collarbone. I could talk about Munster kicking someone in the head. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm going to talk about the Smith. Kronk feud, mm. which has been denied all year, but he's clearly there, yeah. clearly there, and it didn't just add a beautiful little bit of drama yeah. to an interesting game. You will have seen um, Smith came through after Kronk had the ball, Kronk uh, put a kick up, and Smith collected him mm. after the kick. Yeah. And then Kronky uh, didn't like that. Yeah, he gave him a bit of choke. It gro- choke? You know, That's oh, a great he grabbed a... a great <laughs> Yeah. Grabbed, a, grabbed him round the throat and Smith pushed him off and was laughing at him. So I don't yeah. think that was very friendly. No. That seemed like people who didn't like each other very much. <laughs> he definitely
1: blocked his esophagus for at least three seconds there. I That's thought.
2: right. <laughs> and, and two seconds is the friend zone, really. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> i do it to be for 1.5 minutes. <laughs>
1: um,
2: and uh, by all accounts, they avoided each other post-game. So yeah. they didn't actually like shake hands or or mm. anything after the game so obviously billy slater went up to Cronky and gave him a big yeah. hug and congratulated him and everything and then but smith know we seen so don't try and tell us there's no feud more okay <laughs> we're not buying it <laughs> it was one of the
1: one of the many intriguing subplots that added to the like the interest of the game like the game itself was you know pretty good but the subplots really added to it. The kronk Smith subplot, Billy Slater's last game and getting booed all the time sub- subplot, the little Trail Mitchell versus Will Chambers subplot. There were plenty of uh, interesting snippets. Even, even like, the,
0: the selection
2: um, drama. Yeah, like,
0: yeah, yeah everyone waiting until an hour before the grand final. Yeah. yeah, is Cronk
2: gonna play? Yeah, that that would that really surprised me. I, I thought earlier in the week they'll they'll pretend he's not anyway, he and then later in the week again. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no chance. I think that whole thing, like I was saying it all week. So I don't know
0: how rugby league keeps doing it, but everything it does is like exciting. Like <laughs> from the way that the salary cap has got the competition structured, so you know, what four four points separates first and eighth or whatever yeah. it was. The Dally M count came down to the last round. Yeah. And then even selection of the the, the teams for the, the the grand final was like you know, nail-biting stuff. It was... Yeah.
1: Built-on man. drama. Yeah. Like, t- a game. Now, before we get to the mailbag, I do want to finish off on this grand final note. Now, last week, I mentioned that grand finals are really about the casual fan. And I said True. that, you know, it's, it's all well and good, you know, what rugby league tragics like us think about the grand final, but what it, um, the casual fans think, because they're the, the people who come in and, and make it a huge event. And I actually caught up with a casual fan today yeah. of the grand final. And I, all my rugby league friends that I've spoken to over the last 24 hours have said, yeah, it was a pretty good game. It was really interesting. It kept my attention throughout. It wasn't the greatest grand final by any means, but it was definitely quite an interesting game. Mm. And then I, I, going into lunch with my casual rugby league friend, uh, I just said, how are you doing? And, and then she said to me, uh, did you watch the game? I said, yeah. I said, what'd you think? <laughs> she goes, it was so boring. Hey, like, can watch? you believe it? Yeah. Yeah. It was really interesting because wow. I think from a casual fan's perspective, it's all about the scoreboard. So like twelve nil, eighteen nil. But um, they don't really know about the subplots. They don't really know about. Um,
2: yeah, but roosters were chucking it around and, and doing some really kind of exciting, innovative. Play. Yeah, but
1: I think really when it comes to the casual fan, scoreboard pressure is key. So a close scoreboard. Yeah, yeah, you're
0: right. It was never, it was never close. Yeah. So no.
1: a casual fan will, will after a, a boring fourteen twelve match, yeah. will say, gee, that was a good game. Where we might say, gee, it was a bit dull. You yeah. know
2: Oh, you know. I'm, I'm really glad roosters went to that quick lead because they act, they, they played entertaining yeah. football rather than a grinding kind of I agree
1: and the Storm had to also on the second half you know throw it around a bit and they their arm a bit which they normally might not do so for me I found it like quite an interesting game Yeah, uh, and it was interesting to see the master front runners Melbourne Storm how they go under pressure of trying to come yeah, back and they didn't yeah. really handle that oh, but yeah. we, we sort of know that stuff being rugby league rusted on fans yeah. whereas the casual fan yeah. don't really see that thing mm-hmm. so it was interesting. There were two people at that lunch. were like, "Yeah, it was pretty boring. Like, it, was, it wasn't close, and yeah, the Roosters were always going to win." That's
0: why you need every, every casual fan needs to have a big L with them <laughs> to tell them why things are so exciting.
1: <laughs> we should hire big <laughs> L out. The right, like, Roosters oh, don't I'll, do yeah, it. I'll,
0: do, I'll do it for free.
1: <laughs> we should we should hire a big L out to casual rugby league fans. How did they feel about a player getting
2: uh, sent to the Simbin twice in the one game? Oh, that,
0: that was like. <laughs> What a, what a fantastic thing to have happened! Like I, I was, oh, that was I don't know. I, well, I, I really I really got off on that. Like well, I thought that was yeah. that was poetry.
1: Well, the, uh, unfortunately, the casual rugby league fan was like, oh, what a what a grubby thing to do! What a you know, kick him in the head. Yeah. Oh, that was so. Nice. Can I tell you, you
2: that uh... not so casual rugby league fans were thinking that as well. <laughs>
1: yeah, fair enough. <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted to before we got to the mailbag, just to add what you That's know right. our friends in the casual rugby league world think because often we get stuck in our little bubble. Mm.
2: And just personally, mm. while we're talking Munster, mm. I uh, told you earlier today, uh, Very in a very odd twist, a um, the Progressive Rugby League podcast had a listener from Munster in Germany <laughs> that's right. yesterday. So, how strange is that?
1: Yeah, and I wonder if he missed 20 minutes of the podcast that's too. That's right. right. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> Now, welcome, our friend. I'm guessing it's Munster. Munster, yeah. Muenster. Muenster, yeah. Muenster. Mm. Yes. Have a bratwurst for us. <laughs> welcome to the family. Yeah.
2: Mailbag time.
1: Well, guys, this is a pretty exciting mailbag for me. Do you know why? Have, have a guess. No, no, no. I don't want to. I'm just going to say it. Okay. You you refuted uh, a big owl claim on Twitter. <laughs> no. No, I didn't fact check the owl on Twitter. <laughs> we have had after 30 weeks. Yeah. Our first email. Hey! Email. (laughs) (laughs) Now now we have
2: to go back and listen through the podcast to remember everything that was promised to us. Somebody's got some goodies
1: coming (laughs) to them. That's right. (laughs) Unbelievable. It came from Ashton DeSantis, a friend of the show. Oh, friend of the show. Straight after the grand final, uh, he just gave us his thoughts on the grand final. So, shall we just quickly go through what he thought? (laughs) Please. he he ended the email by saying it's it's a fairly long email. He said, "Enjoy the read, boys. This is probably the reason why you should get rid of this email address." So just <laughs> boring you, but, but his basic points were the booze for Billy Slater when they announced him yeah. as one of the retiring players uh, was unfortunate, pretty average. Can, can I can I comment on that? Yeah, so yeah,
0: I, I was at the game and I I found it I'm going to say abhorrent. Yeah. the mm-hmm. the booze that Billy Slater got every single time he touched the ball. Yeah. was it one section? Of the crowd? Oh, yeah, because it was, it was the, the Roosters, the Roosters fans. Yeah. But, I, but it was sort of... Because um, you had a lot of, I guess, casual fans there. So when they heard the, the Roosters fans or most of the stadium booing, it sort of it was like, oh, that's a thing that we do. Is it? Okay, cool. We'll boo yeah, we'll yeah, yeah, right, this guy. Right, right, right. I don't really know. And it was, it was bad. And At least during the game, at least you, I can dismiss it as like, all right, it's the heat of battle sort of stuff. But yeah, the... At the end of the game, like Billy Slater is one, of the, one of the
2: greatest players I've yeah. ever seen. He deserves respect. And what was he meant to do? Not try and well, yeah, play. not try and
0: try and win. Like that's the so yeah. I I I'd agree that was that was poor form from everybody involved. Yeah, yeah
1: agree. Uh, his next point: Adoka and Ferguson not singing the anthem. Not great. I would like to comment on that Jeez. and say that they're both Indigenous players. And I say if anyone can skip the anthem, yeah. it's our Indigenous friends. So I understand it's it's not the greatest look, but. Um, you know, if anyone's going to skip it, I let the indigenous people skip the anthem if they want to. Yeah. Um,
0: I didn't even know that happened. Yeah. Right. So According
1: to Ashton, it did. Penalty goal after three minutes. Disappointing, unprogressive start. First try, brilliant ball from Kiri. Excitement within ten minutes. Undoing the unprogressive penalties to start off with. So.
0: Have we ever discussed whether an unprogressive penalty goal can be undone?
1: Well it can now it can, I mean, Ashton has, has said it has said as much so thank you Ashton uh, left side strong side eat it Chambers that's his next point <laughs> <laughs> uh, great throwing it around by roosters only for Ferguson to fail getting it over the line Big Al must be happy with this although I think he means you slug because you've got a bit of uh, Blake Ferguson history so yeah look he's a winger <laughs> he doesn't
2: know where his tough line is <laughs>
1: Marno and Mitchell absolutely dominating the centre battle impressive yep agree Smith kept very quiet interesting to see how he goes around next season yep Munster didn't handle the the big game spectacle one bit embarrassing yep fair enough yeah referees were fantastic bloody brilliant to see yep totally agree they had a great game and to be honest had a fairly brilliant season as well referees and
0: what was with the headset first time ever yeah well I was like Well, I mean I'm assuming it was for ref cam on the
1: broadcast yep right. I wonder if they say to refs who have the ref cam, just don't shake your head too much. Just say no. (laughs) Say no. Use your words. Yeah. Yeah. Because when they shake the head and it's on the camera, (laughs) (laughs) nauseous. Kronk's broken scapula. Yeah. You know, brave performance. So overall, tightest competition ever. Would have been good to see a tight grand final, but entertaining nonetheless, and not as boring as we'd all thought. I think that encapsulates basically what we thought about the on-field performance last night. So thank you, Ashton first email of the year in one of our final pods of the year yeah. wonderful wow thank so you so much the prize pack yeah, i think from memory I mean. is sterlo story of a champion signed by me yeah. and what's your, uh, what's your i've
0: got a, a, a 1987 around? big league magazine once owned by steve mascord <laughs> now owned by me and well, uh, i will sign it
2: not that I want to take stuff out of ashton's prize but
0: wouldn't that be worth something I mean, the mascot factor does bump up the price up a little bit, but from four ninety five to six ninety five, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's worth less than the cover price. Really? Yeah. yeah. This what, thirty years ago. Yeah, well, I mean, surprisingly, rugby league maybe really doesn't really
2: appreciate
1: right? okay, like I mean. Right. Have <laughs> <Yeah>. Now, <laughs>
2: well, that was the only explanation for your rampant buying of merchandise from everywhere around the world. I thought you were getting your superannuation <laughs> yeah, right. together. <laughs> you Got to build that nest egg. <laughs>
1: <laughs> now, Elsa in the mailbag, Ian East from Leeds or Ian from East League, still a mystery. He was talking last week. We spoke about the East Champ. Can you remind us what it is? Yes,
0: and, and this might not be rhythmically
1: correct, okay. but the vibe of it basically yep. is. Psh. East. Right. So Ian said, now then, lads, that East's Marshall drumbeat chant sounds a lot like one that football crowds, rugby league and soccer football, have been using in Leeds since the 80s. So that's quite mm. interesting. I suppose Leeds and East's rhyme. So right. that could work. So nice someone's made it.
0: Retro 80s, it's probably, you know, ironically cool.
1: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now, being one of our final podcasts of the year, I thought it was time to start thinking about you know, why we started this podcast and, and what progressive rugby league means. And of course, um, I, I came across this article from a guy called James Oddy who uh, basically really encapsulated why we started this podcast. It was yeah. quite amazing to read because the, the crux of it was you wouldn't believe it, but rugby league is a pro- pretty progressive game. <laughs> and, and that's basically the reason why we started this podcast. That's fair in that, the title. That's,
0: that's our first episode, isn't it? I was yeah, sitting yeah. around going... <laughs> yeah, can
1: you believe it? Because we've said it before, but the term progressive rugby league for us started as a joke over a few beers like we thought it was pretty funny. Because when you're amongst the din of rugby league and the Twitter sphere and just the mainstream media, it doesn't seem overly progressive. But when you look through the history of rugby league... My goodness, it's quite progressive. My word. It started as a workers' rights issue. Um, the first uh, black man in Britain to be a national captain was a rugby league player. The first black man in Australia to be a national sporting captain was a rugby league player. So that's just a couple of examples. Some, yeah. So this was an article that uh, James Oddie's article touched along those lines. And so I tweeted it out for our uh, Twitter audience. And James replied saying, Thanks, guys. I'm still really proud of that piece. Forget what you think about, sorry, forget what you think you know about rugby league, it's the most progressive sport going. So, absolutely right. Now, what happened then was a bit of conversation started with our friend Ian from East Leeds, or Ian from East Leeds, (laughs) who said, um, can't stop thinking about what is progressive when it comes to rugby league. How do we balance our debt to the places and people who've sustained rugby league for so long with the desire to share their greatest creation with the world? It's a very good point. It's that sort of thing we grapple with every week, especially when we're talking about the game in the Northern Hemisphere because there is this split. It's almost like a Brexit-like, Brexit-like split between those who want to keep it within the M62 corridor and those who want to expand. But Ian's making the point that, hey, let's not forget our tradition and our heritage yeah. and what it's done for the game. Yeah. And he's saying, can that still be named progressive?
2: Why is it why is, why is expansion disrespecting the founders of the game like it's I don't I don't see the
1: connection. Well that's the point I tried to make in that rugby league has forever been a pioneering game and an innovative game. In fact the the whole concept of rugby league was an innovation. Mm. It was like let's change the rules to make it a different game. That's an innovation. Yeah. And so expansion is another type of innovation and forever rugby league's been trying to expand. I mean we've seen rugby league over the last decades there's a book we're going to do a summer book club looking at how rugby league has done their darndest to try get to the american market in the 50s and 60s and it's never quite worked so it's true that i, I believe you can definitely um care for your heritage while still looking to expand yeah. there's no reason why you can't bring in clubs from you know european capitals for instance to have them compete with the traditional clubs like Wigan, St. Helens, Leeds, who who Ian's a fan of. But um uh, there's a very interesting point though, like what is deemed progressive? Can you still um, you know care and and you know tend for your club and and still be seeming seemingly progressive in terms of rugby league? And then we had a response from Progressive Rugby League immortal Steve Mascord Ooh, does he Bye. want his magazine
0: back? I bought <laughs> that, him. it's mine. <laughs>
1: he said, I don't think everyone can come along for the journey. If we are to reach our destination, some will be left behind. That's a fair point, which Ian responded in saying, I'm an internationalist, but Yorkshire is my home where my daughter will grow up, and its future is in the balance. I accept that those prioritising rugby league survival in the economically challenged places that challenged power and created our game in the first place may also be making the progressive argument. So that's a, that's a fair point. It's something that yeah, we can... Well,
0: I guess uh, that's a really tough... I don't know, moral, ethical, political minefield. I, don't, I, I yeah. don't really don't know what the answer
1: is. Well, I mean, I think when we're when we're championing expansion in rugby league, so we've got Belgrade, Red Star Belgrade, starting the Challenge Cup next year, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe Dublin uh, starting in League One in two thousand and twenty, maybe New York. I don't think we're saying this should happen at the expense of um, great traditional clubs we're saying they should compete on a level footing and the strong clubs will survive. And there'll be plenty of traditional heartland clubs that will survive in that context. So anyway, it's a very interesting, um, interesting argument. So once again, thank you, Ian from East Leeds or Ian East from Leeds. You've uh, made a great contribution to our mailbag.
0: Progressive Rugby League.
1: What time is it, Jonah? It's time for Slugby Gal and me We like what we see When it comes to French Canadian And international Rugby, Rugby for oh Take it
2: away Slugby oh.
0: Oh, wow. you, you can't see this But I just threw my underwear Slug <laughs> <laughs> Alright fellas, international time Let's start with the Super League So, last round of the season Catalans have overcome a 12 point deficit at half time To beat Ordersfield 22-12 to 12. So, mm-hmm. that, that second half comeback All thanks to uh, David Mead Four tries oh. in the bag from yeah. the Meadster In okay. the second
1: half Incredible yeah. So, well done P&G International cool.
2: yeah. Good player And named after a medieval drink Yeah, well the, done. the
0: precursor to beer So, That's right. well done David Mead And, and, all, and your namesake Where would we be without David Mead? (laughs) Probably still drinking mead. Uh, Alright, so what it means is Catalans and the Super 8s portion of the season on equal points with Wakefield on 21. Uh, However, they will finish in 8th position. uh, So, last. uh, Because of and against. So, that's it. That's the end of the season for Catalans. I think we can say, probably, regardless of what happened in the Super 8s, a wildly successful season. Yeah, they have to be happy, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. So, there's the drink water factor. Oh, they got through the Kenny Edwards, you know... Saga. Saga. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, there's the, the Challenge Cup. Who could the that, that is just an amazing feat. So, well done, yeah. Catalans. Uh, we'll close the curtain on that one, and we'll see you in 2019. Yeah.
1: Thanks for the memories. Thanks yeah. for the
0: memories. All right, so let's move on to uh, the qualifiers. So, obviously, it was a big weekend. Um, all things happening in the qualifiers. Almost all games had consequence. So, uh, Jono's touched on to lose before, but uh, in their final game... They went down. uh, They
1: they were beaten by Salford 44 to 10. Any uh, parting words? Oh, look, it was a, a great performance from Salford. Jackson Hastings. He missed the previous two games, and they were the only two games that Salford lost during the qualifying period. He came back and he dominated. And led the team to a victory. So it was, and the Salford fans were all over him. Yeah. They love him. All and, over him. All over him. From America. Toulouse's point of view, it was a, not their best performance. They got back into the match. They trailed early, 12 nil, I think. They got back to, I think, 12 10, and were right in the game and, and uh, you know, seemingly coming for them. But unfortunately, it wasn't to be. And Salford were too good in the end. So what that
0: ultimately means is Toulouse, they're. They will not get promoted. They're not in a position to be in the million-pound game. And it also cements Salford at the top of the qualifiers' table, so good for them. Um, and then there were three other games left to go off the back of that, and each one had a, a potentially profound effect on the final outcome of that top five. Mm. Um, so on Friday, Toronto beat Leeds 16-17, to 17, which is an amazing feat. Mm. Leeds, a massive team. Toronto, wow. you know, fighting for, for automatic promotion to the Super League. Yeah. So what that win did is it, it put uh, put Toronto on 10 points... And at the time, in third place, giving them a chance of automatic qualification into the Super League. Yeah. Of course, pending other results. So, games off the back of that one. London beat Halifax 23-16. to What that did was it uh, cemented London in fifth place and a guaranteed spot in the million-pound game to play off against whoever finishes in fourth mm-hmm. for that spot in the Super League for next year. Right. So, and, like, it's an intriguing situation. So, um... Uh, it all comes down to the final game Between Hull and Widnes. So Hull needed to beat Widnes By 13 or more I think it was To leapfrog Toronto into third place And get automatic uh, entry um, If that didn't happen if they'd, beaten, uh, if they'd beaten them by 12 or less They would have been fourth spot uh, Or if they'd lost they would have remained in fourth spot And gone into a million pound game So before that game uh, The Super League released an official statement Which I'll, I'll summarise I won't read through the whole thing But it goes thusly uh, the unusual circumstances surrounding this afternoon's fixture between Hull and Widnes have prompted some discussion over the weekend, and it is important for Super League to offer the following response to provide clarity before the match kicks off.
2: Huh.
0: First, confirmation of the situation, as has been reported, is the Super Hates are going to be uh, scrapped, and uh, clubs who are relegated to the championship from the, Super- from the Super League will get a parachute payment. Um, the current issue has caused the highly unusual situation of uncertainty over the number of teams that could be relegated anywhere between four and none. Uh, there should be no question around the integrity or commitment of rugby league players on this weekend or any other. And as witness noted in a statement earlier this week after their relegation had been confirmed, their first priority is to respect the integrity of the competition. Now... That just sounds like there's a fix on. Is that what's going on here?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, in layman's terms, what they're basically saying to witnesses, you better try your this. Let's give a bit of context here. So they term the parachute payments there in that statement. So what a parachute payment is, if you get demoted from Super League, I think those teams demoted from Super League get uh, £500,000 to sort of help them adjust it's like an adjustment fee basically adjust
0: to life in, on the streets yeah like, oh, pretty yeah. much what, what, d- that sounds like a lot yeah <laughs> actually I mean, that doesn't make any sense you're playing you're playing against clubs with less resources yeah exactly so, so, so you need a million dollar pound you need a pound. boost yeah, so just, yeah you need a boost yeah I
1: suppose you're used to a certain level of revenue from TV rights and all that sort of stuff so it's sort of to help adjust because your well, your, adjust revenue, your, business. your costs are still yeah, yeah. a certain way and your revenues have fallen so much so it makes sense to a certain extent. But generally, only one team would go down, right? So in this case, there was a chance that two teams would go down. And so there's this £500,000 parachute payment that may have had to have been split between two Super League clubs. So the thought was, the theory, the conspiracy theory was that maybe Witness would, wouldn't really show up against Hull KR because they wanted Hull KR to stay up so they could get all of the parachute... Payment all the five hundred thousand because if Hulk Kr also got demoted or played the million pound game and then lost that and got demoted, they may have had to split oh, well, that shame, parachute right? payment. So
0: was there was there clarity over whether that was true? That the payment would be split.
1: I'm not sure. That was that was what I read, and that was why. So this... I
0: would say, otherwise, the statement would say the parachute payment's not split. There's everything to play for still because it doesn't say that. I guess that means it. It was going to be split. And that, yeah. that automatically raises the like. Yeah, you question the integrity of that game. Yeah.
1: Because I don't think the RFL were in a position, they'd budgeted for £500,000 for a team to go down, and I don't think and they, they had 500, have £500,000. And they'd pounds.
0: never addressed the possibility that maybe two teams would go down.
1: Yeah, well, they've been... The administration chucking <laughs> it around yet again.
0: The RFL, they're my,
1: my kind of governing body. Yeah, so, I mean, it was quite interesting context leading into that final game, which you're about to tell us the result. But um, I think either way, Witness is a team that had only won one of their last 20 games or something so um, even if they were trying really hard I doubt they would have got within 14 points but I'm going to guess that they really tried hard in that game anyway but what, what was the result well be- the
0: result was that Hull beat witness 30 mil Yeah right. so not okay. really surprising there um, <laughs> even even you know in, in the, the in the face of losing a quarter of a million pounds if they'd won they still managed to lose so um, yeah well done uh, so basically what that means is that uh, Hull leapfrogged Toronto into third spot so now we've got an MPG million pound game between Toronto and London for that fourth spot
1: in the Super League. For That's massive. Year. And it was a massive, I want to talk a bit about the Toronto game versus Leeds, because that was an incredible performance from Toronto, winning away from home at Leeds, a very tough place to win at Headingley, one of the famous grounds in England on a Friday night. And what was really heartwarming was to see the, the response from the fans in Toronto, back in Toronto. Apparently, like, there were a couple of thousand people at, you know, this one pub in, in Toronto. On a Friday afternoon, the game kicked off, I think, on a Friday afternoon, Toronto time, about 2.30. Jammed into this this pub in Toronto, and they were just going crazy yeah, over, a game, over a game that they really only discovered a year or two ago. So, it's really, it just goes to show what this club has done, and they're a real uh, asset. And so, for me, this game between Toronto and London, I mean, you've... You love London Broncos mm. and, and you've sort of got me on board and I'm, I'm now a, a semi-fan of London Broncos too. Yes. And, and I, and I, Are you a fan? No, I'm a semi-fan. I'm a semi-fan. I'm a casual fan. But in terms of these two clubs, for me, there's only one team who really deserve to go up for, on a number of levels. A, Toronto won five of their seven qualifiers games and won the championship by the length of the straight. So just on that, they've had a great mm. season and they've probably done more than any other team in history to get promotion. Um, on the other side of things, they've brought a whole new uh, bunch of spectators to Rugby League. They average a crowd of around seven or 8,000, which is solid in Super League terms. Uh, London Broncos, you know, they've done really well, had a great season. They average a crowd of around 1,000 people. So um, I, I just think when you're comparing them, the addition to Toronto will bring a fair bit more to the Super League than London. I mean, if London make it, great. And hopefully they can grow something therein. I think it's in West London where they're based. Uh, but I really think, A, Toronto deserve it, and B, they would bring a lot more to Super League uh, if they were to make it. Yep. And and you've also got the thing about TV rights and maybe a separate pool mm. from, from places like Canada and North America. So uh, it's going to be an interesting game because London have have really finished the season strongly they finished mm. the the quali- uh, the championship season strongly to to finish in second place just pipping to lose for, to get those four home games which proved crucial in the end and they've had a really good finish to the qualifier section 2 to make the million pound game so yeah. good on them yeah. uh, but if i have to choose i'm going to i'm going to stick with our beloved Wolfpack.
0: Yeah, I would agree. I think, and mainly because, you know, Wolfpack have the funds to back up a competitive season in the Super League. Yeah. I, I don't know if London are, are resourced well enough to not just fall mm. right back down, because they, they've been they've done this promotion relegation dance for a while, I yeah. think. And I would love to see a firmly established and strong London team in the Super League, but in terms of what's feasible right now, mm. it's London. I'm, all, I'm sorry, it's Toronto. I'm all in on Toronto. Let's go
2: Wolfpack. Well, yep. yeah, London just need a bit more time to you know, develop their semi-fan base, so... <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right.
2: Uh, All right, so that'll... We'll at the qualifiers.
0: So I yeah. guess uh, the million-pound game must be... Well, Saturday next week, I think. I it's think. The,
1: the 7th of October,
2: yeah. All now, right, now so. do the winners of the million-pound game get, like, a briefcase handed to them at the end of the game, or how's this work?
1: I'm not sure, I hope so. Or maybe just, like, you know, brown paper bags. Yeah. One million right. brown paper bags. Or 100,000 brown paper bags. That's right. But, yeah, we, and we say goodbye to the qualifiers. This was... Uh, I think I read that um, out of 16 games between Super League and Championship teams, six were won by Championship teams. That's that's pretty good. Yeah. Like That's quite amazing. So once again, we'll say it again. It's pretty sad to see them go, but that's the end. That's the way it is. Yeah. See, it qualifiers. It's been real. What a ride. What a ride. What a ride. Yeah. Oh, it's all winding up though, isn't it?
2: It is.
0: All right, so we'll move on and we'll, we'll do something a bit more local right now. Kicking off today, which is a real shame that they've chosen today to kick off because the entire city is completely hungover from yesterday. <laughs> but the um, Rugby League Emerging Nations World Cup has kicked off in the west of Sydney. What? So uh, we'll go through the results. as they're just coming in. Wow. Malta have defeated the Philippines 36-10. Turkey has defeated Solomon Islands 30-22. to 22. And we just got the score from the Greece Hungary game wrapped up not ten minutes ago. Hungary have narrowly defeated Greece twenty to eighteen. Wow! Yeah, so this Emerging Nations World Cup is going to be rolling out for the next couple of weeks. Uh, I encourage everybody in the area to get down and have a look. And there's going to be some sweet juicy merch on sale, folks, for those people with a weird fetish like me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Malta, Malta on fire. I mean, what about so, hungry beating Greece. That's a surprise for mine.
0: Uh, I, I, I have a Malta, a Maltese, Maltese Knights rugby league uh, training singlet, which I, wore, I wear proudly throughout the streets whenever I'm, yeah. as a, when I'm displaying my good rugby league behaviour. Mm-hmm. And I got a massive compliment on the other day from this Maltese guy. Yeah. He's like, "Cool, where'd you get that? Did you get it in Malta?" I was like, "No." He's like, "Oh, well, I love it. Looks so good." And then I told him the rugby league team's playing in St Mary's like next week. Get out yeah. and see him. I, don't think he did. I think he was humouring me but he was no. like oh I might go and have a look <laughs> don't I think don't, he will I just but... like your shirt mate I'm not willing to you know <laughs> change just my story. life <laughs> there you go so there'll be more sweet um, merchandise for sale out there as well so get along South Africa featuring in this at all uh, I don't think they made it I know they played an exhibition match against Malta mm. okay, it's okay. Yeah. Time to so that was, uh, that's all the matches from pool A I think there's four pools oh wow so stay tuned for further updates as all they right come on. in
2: Alright, moments of the week um, I'm just going to throw mine out there mm. Very quickly And uh, back to the grand final Of course And I wrote this on the Twitters Nothing more impressive Than a completely unnecessary flick pass <laughs> For mine Madison yeah. That was a beautiful. It was well well executed. It was. Unnecessary. Unnecessary as all get out. Why did he need to throw a flick pass? It's progressive. It's chucking it around. We love to see it. Life
1: is short. Yeah, Entertain exactly. us.
0: Well, he's, ta- he's taken a very French approach. If you're going to do anything, mm. make sure it's beautiful. Yeah. Right. So. Like that's...
1: Hey, I, I'm not... I'm not. Well, it's the moment of the week. It's,
2: yeah, May, it's the moment my moment be. of the week. I'm not saying I don't want to see it. It's, uh, it's baffled me and excited <laughs> me. Mm. So there you go.
1: Mixed emotions. My moment of the week it's the New South Wales Koorie Knockout which has just occurred over the long weekend yeah. in Dubbo it's in its 48th year it was first held in 1971 did you know that? I did not um, and the defending premiers were the Newcastle Yowies and now this is an amazing gathering of the indigenous community in New South Wales they call it the modern day corroboree uh, and what's a corroboree for our Northern Hemisphere fans? you know that there's ceremonies of singing and dancing, special costumes, paint. Mm-hmm. It's a gathering of people yeah, from, can catch from up. often far away. right? Exactly right. So it's really a special, special weekend where Aboriginal communities from all over the state come to one place, and there's immense amount of rugby league and immense like skill levels of rugby league being played in Dubbo this weekend. So uh, very modern, modern day corroboree, and very important to the New South Wales Aboriginal community. And, once again, it's Rugby League facilitating. So, Rugby League, another notch in the belt in, your, in terms of your progressiveness. Uh, it was won by the Newcastle All Blacks. It was won 19-18 in the final Ooh. against uh, the team from La Perouse, La Perouse Panthers, which mm. is an amazing game, really. They were down 18-0 at halftime, and they won 19-18 with a field goal near the yeah. end of the match. And this was after they played a semi-final this morning... Uh, 60 minute semi final, which went to extra time, and then they backed up for an 80 minute grand final uh, late in the day and came back and won nine 18 This is like
0: 13 aside, yeah. full contacts. Absolutely. Wow, that's mm. a, and were, that's a workload.
1: And there were a plethora of NRL stars playing this weekend. You had Greg Inglis playing his first Curry knockout for about 18 years, uh, you had people like Cody Walker, Ash Taylor.
0: Um, Andrew Fafita Andrew Fafita
1: Uh, Will Smith was in the uh, winning team from Parramatta so good to see a Parramatta player win something with you
0: (laughs) what what would that must
1: feel like if you're like a local
0: a local kid from La Perouse Hmm. and you're lining up against Greg Inglis and Andrew Fafita Fafita. (laughs) that's wow
1: (laughs) yeah and it's just great to see they really support um, that day all the NRL sales have been doing it for, for years and I just want to add well kudos to SBS for showing uh, the whole of the final day on their main channel. It's been covered on NITV for the last 11 years and they've done a brilliant job and they did a brilliant job again uh, this year. Mm-hmm. But they also simulcast it on the main SBS channel this year. So awesome. That's curious, good. Uh, good stuff. To SBS. It was well a great CBS. weekend Bravo. and well done the Newcastle All Blacks.
0: Yeah. Excellent. Right. Well, my reflection of the week is the grand final of the first season of the NRLW. So yes. congratulations to the Broncos coached by former West Tiger, Scott Prince. Is that right? Yes, it certainly is correct. Um, So they they rolled over the Roosters. Um, It was a pretty dominant display. I I was there making sure I'm supporting uh, the women's game and rugby league in general, but I think it's a great concept. I think it was a highly successful season, especially when you consider all the things that are now sort of coming out about what should be changed about the AFLW. I Mm. think the NRL have really done it the the right way, start small in a a format that then it will work. And build from there, and right. I think it's been a, it's been an incredibly successful season. Everything has, has um, performed better than anticipated. So, yep. ratings, ticket sales, interest, merchandise sales, all that sort of stuff. It's it's been it's been great. So now the next step is obviously to um, deepen the talent pools, maybe add another team, another two teams. Probably, uh, I don't think anything will change for next season. Probably a season after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, I'd like to see its place in the NRL Grand Final day moved around a bit I thought it was um, I understand why it was at the beginning this year purely because it was a brand new schedule they didn't, it didn't yeah. know how to change things but next year I think it should be a lot closer to the to the, the NRL grand final yeah, in terms yeah. of times of the day but other than that uh, a spectacular game a spectacular day there was about 15,000 people there for the, the women's game which you couldn't really tell on TV because like the whole 80,000 seat stadium was open so yeah. they were all scattered everywhere yeah. but still a great result. To get there to attend the women's game, you had to get there basically at Gates Open, and 15,000 people keen yeah. enough to do that. Yeah. Um, I think it just said great things about the women's game, great thing
1: about the games in general, and congratulations to the Broncos. And you were one of those people. Big I Ale. certainly was. Well done. And speaking of the women's game, it was remiss of me to miss when I'm talking about the New South Wales career knockout, that in the women's competition of the New South Wales career knockout, that was won by the Newcastle Yowies, and they beat uh, Wellington in that final. So. Yeah what a great weekend what a great weekend for women's rugby league too now before we finish up this is our penultimate Mm. episode of the year but it's our great friend Slug's last episode now next week we'll be doing an episode Big Al and I wrapping up the million pound game and and doing a bit of a wrap up of the year in general but I want to just pay tribute to our great friend Slug who has had a crazy year off the field what a year but he has been a stalwart putting the shows together and look, I just want to say, eye to eye, thank you. You're oh. at an immense rock, and I want to reward you with something. This is just off the cuff. I don't really have much wow. with me, but is I it just... the prize that Ashton Wood should be getting? Or... <laughs> uh, I have a mango. <laughs> <It's> a... <laughs> <laughs> He's just pulled a mango out of his bag. <laughs> I want you to have this mango. Uh, my parents... is, is that a calypso? Is that a calypso? <laughs> uh, I'm not sure, but my parents Kensington just... pride. My parents just. Um, I just came from my parents' house. Yep. They gave me two mangoes. They got a great uh, box of mangoes. 20 bucks for 15 mangoes. And I just want thank you him. to have one of these great mangoes. <laughs> I appreciate it. No plugs on this podcast. But <laughs>
2: thank you very much. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. And fellas, yeah, look, I've got a bit of life admin to do in the next couple of weeks. So I won't be able to be there for next week's episode. Then we're having a bit of a break. And then we're doing some book club episodes. We are. But guys, it, it's been uh, amazing and so educational mm. to sit here with you experts and hear... You dissect the game through your very special lens. So thank you very much, guys. I appreciate. it. Yeah, I think
0: we should also mention this. This podcast—it uh, was your idea. It, it, That's right. It, you were the one that you corralled us together after. I think we were watching.
1: What were we, was, watching? we were watching the World Club Challenge earlier this World year. Club yeah, yeah. Versus then, Melbourne versus Melbourne. Yeah. And
0: like, goes, "We should do a podcast." That's well, right. here we go. <laughs> Off we go. Off on a top.
2: Well, I, I thought that other people should hear what you, what was what you what was being said in, by you guys particularly <laughs> and because so, yeah. it, it's a very unique unique <laughs> kind of um way to to see things i think so
1: and after that 30 weeks of hard works like you now have a mango, <laughs> That's That's you
2: mango. <laughs> thank you thank you thank i i am moving house so i do not have much food in the house so this will be very welcome thank you Alright, well, yeah, as we said, um, the guys will be back here next week wrapping up some things. But uh, for now, it's bye See ya. See you all in Rugby League We Trust. Nice. Oh.
1: preferred um what would they like? Oh tubes. I like tubes because they're like tangy. Yeah. Whereas my dad would say tangy. <laughs>